It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Happy Labor Day weekend to you. Ashley Frasca here hosting Green and Growing. I think it's been a good show, and I really want to take a lot more calls because your questions are better than anything. So get those questions in, 404-872-0750. You're going to do this for another hour. And if you're thinking you want some things to do this weekend with the family, there's there's a lot going on because it's Labor Day weekend. First of all, Stone Mountain Park, yes, they may be limited with some things because of COVID-19, like the laser show and the fireworks display, but there's so much natural beauty in the areas of the park where you can just social distance and have a great time. And if you get tickets online at stonemountainpark.com, they're uh, a little discounted for you up through September 7th. So that's good. And also something else I found, Daisy Days, all month now, September, the month of September, at Stone Mountain, Arabia Mountain, and Panola Mountain. So all of that over on the east side of town in DeKalb County. And there's a hike challenge too. So if you are a hiker, and you want to see some beautiful daisies growing wild and just find some new places to hike, visit arabialliance.org for more on the hike challenge associated with Daisy Days. And there's Green Meadow Preserve, which I visited back in the springtime in West Cobb County. And that's a beautiful park, some great trails, bluebird nests, which now probably isn't the time for that. But there's a lot. There's a community garden. You don't go in it, but you just take a look at all the hard work folks put into it and some historical markers, too. And with us talking about oaks in the last hour, I remembered on my visit uh, with Jim Bearden there to Green Meadows Preserve that there was this beautiful, large, large oak out on one of the trails. Gorgeous. I mean, this thing is huge. I don't even know how tall. And it just looks like something from The Lion King or something. I don't know. It's just kind of out there in the middle of nowhere. And it's gorgeous. So Jim Beard reminding me, it's a southern red oak out there in West Cobb. 185 years old. So that's really something. And I'm glad we got to talk to Robert in the last hour. And and Jason Byers, too, helping us out with the, the differences in some oak trees. And I think, speaking of Stone Mountain and over on the east side, Brian calling from Stone Mountain had a little bit more about our conversation on oaks. Good morning. Good morning, Ashley. Yeah, so I'm glad you called. What do you have for us? Well, uh, as long as uh, Robert's talking about oaks, I thought I would mention that the scarlet oak is a, a much better choice than a pin oak if anybody's out there looking to plant one in their yard because they drop their leaves in the fall instead of holding them all winter brown and kind of ugly looking like a pin oak and then dropping them in the spring so you have to pick up leaves twice a year instead of once (laughs) good point okay so a scarlet oak so describe the leaves to us on that well it actually looks very similar to the 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 pin oak i mean the the leaves have a slightly different curve but they're pointed like a like a a red oak leaf is Mm -hmm. as opposed to a white oak being rounded on the lobes but i'm having trouble finding growers i'm actually a landscaper and, and a lot of the growers I talk to say nobody wants scarlet oaks, and I think it's just a matter of education that people don't know the difference between the, the scarlet and the pin oak, or they'd request them, and maybe growers would grow them more. So if you know any growers out there or listeners that have scarlet oaks, we should try to promote those so we can get more planted in Atlanta. Yeah, I wonder if there's a stigma attached to them that we don't know about, or like you said, words just not out on the street enough well, about you know, them. Growers only have so much room and, and they can only grow so many different varieties and, and I, I think it's, it's just a, a lack of 
education about the the different species of oaks that will grow well here. Yeah, good recommendation, fact, uh, Brian. Well, thanks. Fact, so speaking much. of uh, the live oaks, sure. the only live oak I've seen is down at Hamner's Tree Farm in Central Georgia. It's like two hours south of here, so. No, no live oaks in Atlanta, probably. Wow. Okay. Thank you so much. Well, I am glad you called. And hey, good luck with your business, too, Brian. We appreciate no it. Thank you very much. All right. Have a have good, good morning. Oh, that's really cool. 404-872-0750. Me, personally, I've got two large oaks in my landscape, and I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the acorns uh, hitting the gutters, hitting the roof. I'm not a fan of large branches that come crashing down after a storm or just in the middle of the afternoon and the acorns sprouting up in my juniper. I just, I can't, I, I can't, I can't stay ahead of it. So, but for those of you who love oak trees, there are hundreds of varieties that do very well here. So knock yourself wow. out. All right. We go to Marietta and say good morning to David. Hey, welcome to Green and Growing. Hello. Oh, hey, who's the little one back there? It's my daughter. Oh, hi. Dahlia. <laughs> hi, Dahlia. Oh, named after a flower. Yep. Oh, sweet. Well, how can we help today, David? Well, we got a problem with termites. They keep killing my wife's uh, flowers. Oh, no. All right, so do we know they're subterranean? Yeah. Um, every time she digs up a dead flower, she she finds the termites. Oh, yeah. They eat all kinds of things. I mean, books, paper products, plants. Oh, my gosh, they eat everything. So are, is this like a garden or a landscape bed? It's a garden. Oh, it's in our front yard. Yeah. yeah. Ah, David, that's a tricky one. I know subterranean termites are probably one of the most common termites in, in the country, and especially one that we deal with here in Georgia. I don't know that much about them in the landscape, though. I don't want to steer you wrong, so I would probably advise, if you already have a pest control service, to kind of uh, grab them yeah. as they're there for the quarterly treatment and just ask them the best, because there's so many of those products out there, and I don't know what's safe for the outdoors, but like all good pest solutions are great pest management um, to kind of... Yeah. You know what? Nobody seems to know very much about these. We've had three or four guys come out, and they say they've never seen this before. Really? They've never seen it. Yeah, they've never... We've had the Centricon installed, um, and it seems like it might be helping a little bit, but it's it's crazy. We've had Three or four guys come out, and they say they've never seen it before. Wow. So you're not alone. I guess there's not very many people that know much about this. Okay. I'm going to put you on hold, David, because Dave Baker in the Home Fix It show, he often has Breda on the show with him. I'm going to get your email address. I'm going to have DeMarco get your email, and I'm going to have Dave reach out to you because this is maybe something that's been called into his show, and one of his guys is going to know a little bit more than me. Um yeah, maybe we just don't have the right the right service going for you that could figure that out. So, David, you hang on. You're going to talk to DeMarco again. And I want to get to the bottom of that. I want you to email me and follow back up and let me know kind of what the solution is. Because, yeah, they could do billions of dollars in damage if they get to your house, obviously. But if the Centricon system is working pretty well, I just don't know what how far it radiates out into the landscape. So, yeah, hang tight for me. Uh, thanks for the call. 404 Eight seven two zero seven fifty. Up next is Nancy in Austell. Hey, Nancy. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a question for you. I'm an amateur rose grower, <laughs> and I have about fifteen roses in my garden. Fifteen plants, and some of them are knockouts, but some of them are very beautiful. The long stem cutting roses, uh -huh. um, but I have. 
in especially in some of the better roses, I have these sticks that are dead, but they're growing in the like in the middle of the rose plant, and this you know they're growing along with the green. And I don't know if should I cut that out. In the fall? You can, yeah. Almost any time, and and knockouts I know best, but almost any time throughout the year, you can start removing anything that's dead. Um, That that goes for all year. But the heavy, heavy pruning you want to do in late winter, like around February. But now, just yeah, you're going to help the overall health of the plant if you just go ahead and remove some of the dead stems. And, you know, they're going to hang on to leaves that are less desirable. You know, black spot is a common occurrence, too, that could just... The, the leaves linger on unhealthy parts of the plant and you want to do all of the, the good environmental control as far as removing leaves with black spot and any debris from under your roses, just general good care and keeping those mulched. But I wouldn't be afraid to do that. Just sharp, clean pruners and, you know, the right gloves and just carefully. <laughs> yeah. Re- yes. Care- yeah. If you're an amateur rose grower, though, do you have the gloves, the really good rose gloves that go almost all the way up to your elbow? Well, I don't have them, the, the long ones, but I have some good ones that take care of my hands. (laughs) Good, good. Because when I started doing more and more with roses, that was one of the best investments I ever made. And and, and I can even use them on poison ivy too, because I'm so susceptible Uh, to that. But yeah, get in there and prune that dead stuff out and you're going to be just fine. Thanks. I really didn't know there were long gloves. I'm going to look both find those suckers. <laughs> yes, because they, they are really, really good. And like I said, I've gotten multi-uses out of them, not only being able to maintain the roses, but also poison ivy. So thank you so much for the call, and good luck. The more you learn as you go, Nancy, please share it with me, because like I said, knockouts are really the one I have the most experience with, but I would love to get into some other varieties of roses too. All right, well, coming up, we will talk to Pike Nursery, and we know we're getting into fall. I'm so excited about that. Can't wait for the transition into the next season. So we're going to be talking about fall gardening and just putting hints of fall in your garden. It's not too soon to start thinking about that. And Randy and Griffin talking about renovating a property and just killing all the weeds. If you just want to start from scratch and killing all of them, what's the most efficient way to do that? And Jimmy in Shambly, uh, a popular tree that he's calling in. So he'll share some tree knowledge with us. Hey, the more the merrier. I'm happy to take calls where we learn from one another. So 404-872-0750 if you want to weigh in. And if you're just tuning in, in the first couple of hours, you missed Walter and I talking about overall weed control. He listed his three favorite post-emergent herbicides. So the ones that you use on weeds that you already see, broadleaf weed killers. I'm going to put those on the Facebook page as well as a link to our conversation about weeds. You can check that out on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, search Green and Growing WSB and there you'll find the page for the show. And like it, follow it, you'll see the Weed of the Week photo album as well. And then we talked to David Reagan, NASCAR driver who's semi-retired but racing this weekend. That was a fun conversation. And we also talked to Clint Waltz from the University of Georgia about lawn myths. So just a lot to learn in the show. You can go back on wsbradio.com and click on On Demand. And later on today, in just a couple of hours, you'll be able to listen to all three hours of the show separately if there's anything you missed. And then I'll also share it on the Facebook page as well. 818, we're going to take a break and we'll be back on 95.5 WSB.
Redneck Woman. I know that song. All right, welcome back to Green and Growing, jamming out some country music for you this morning. Hopefully you have a nice, relaxing Labor Day weekend in store. Dave Baker coming up at 9 a.m., starting the Home Fix-It show on until noon today, and then Belinda Skelton with Atlanta Living at 1 o'clock. So we want you to stay with us, and we're going to soon become your home of the dogs again. Georgia football gearing up. Can't wait. That is the official start of fall for me. So a weather update, going to give it to you again, sponsored by Finley Roofing, so you can plan accordingly. Today, high around 90. It's a little cooler than yesterday. High humidity, though, and then lows in the upper 60s. And then Sunday and Monday for your Labor Day weekend, a mix of sun and clouds, a little less humid. Highs around the upper 80s and lows around the mid-60s. We'll do this really quick. Green and Growing! Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. Peonies are such a popular flower, and there's a lot of varieties that do well here in the South, just to name a few. Festiva Maxima and Kansas, Miss America, those are really cool names for peonies. So you can plant those now if you want them for your garden next summer. Make sure to put the crowns only about an inch and a half to two inches below the ground. You can't do any deeper or else the peony just won't bloom. So remember that, and they like morning sun. So if you're going to go ahead and plant them now, plant them in a spot where it's sun early in the part of the day, maybe up until about 1 o'clock, loose, well-drained soil. Number two, you want to clean up around fruit trees now. Start cleaning all of that up and remove weeds and debris so you don't have overwintering insects. Just rake the debris away and put mulch down. Just keep the mulch away from the trunk or the, well, the trunk and the root flare where it just starts to come above ground. And that's going to be a good winter practice for your fruit trees. And go to extension.uga.edu if you need advice on pruning. And you're thinking about pruning those fruit trees for the wintertime, extension.uga.edu. And in publications, just type fruit trees and you'll find really helpful stuff there, diagrams of how to prune and when to prune each fruit tree, um, blueberry bushes, all of that. I may even have that linked on my Facebook page, too, from a few days ago, maybe last week. Uh, Green and Growing WSB on Facebook. Okay, and then number three, clean out hummingbird feeders. It's so important to keep that black mold out of there. That can make them really, really sick. You're going to need to fill them once, maybe twice more, because those guys are getting ready to leave. They may start to leave the area between now and late October, but it's so important we keep that food out for them because they need to stock up on the energy to fly south. And our, our earlier caller, Nicole, said they could fly 500 miles, which sounds about right just to stay in the warm weather. So all you need is four parts water, one part sugar. You don't have to use food coloring. And from what I've read, too, uh, the ruby-throated hummingbird, the little green and white guy with some some red on his throat, he's the most common in the eastern United States. And if they're born in this area, they're going to keep coming back every year to the feeders they know. So it's most likely the three or four that I've seen really active at my feeder this summer are guys that have been in my landscape, and my in my yard, in my area in previous years. So I would like to think that they survived the trek to and from warmer climates and came back up to the to the feeder that they know and love because they know I'm going to take care of them. So I uh, want to take calls, too, and hear from Pike Nursery here in just about 10 minutes. Hints of fall in the garden and how you can get ready to do that. 
You think fall gardening, fall color. It's not just mumps. There's so much more to fall color. And even we talked to David and Tucker earlier, zinnias, some colorful summer flower that's going to keep some color maybe into the month of October as well. So we'll give you some options there if you want to make a trip to the nursery this weekend. So you can visit pikenursery.com for more and some of the varieties of flowers they have to offer. But we got to take a break, check news, weather, and traffic, and we'll be right here. Call. You still have time to get a question in, 404-872-0750. I'm Ashley Frasca. Thanks for being here for the next half hour. You're listening to Green and Growing on WSB. with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. So much to do, so little time. We only have less than half an hour left of green and growing here on WSB. I am glad you're along for the ride. If you missed earlier parts of the show, we talked about a lot of things. We talked about lawn care and weeds, and I'm trying to post a lot of that on the Facebook page, but you can also listen back and hear it for yourself on wsbradio.com and click on On Demand. That's where you'll hear podcasts of most of our shows on the station commercial-free. Well, you may have to listen to an ad in the beginning, but uh, the whole hour, each hour of the show is just boiled down so you can listen to all of the really rich content, and I hope you'll do that this weekend, maybe while you're running on the treadmill, working out in the yard, and also find me on Google Play and on Spotify. I think that's pretty cool that the show is posted there as well. So the bottom of the hour here, the final hour of the show, is when we always have someone on from Pike Nursery to tell you what's going on on what's hot, what to be doing in the landscape. So I'm happy to be joined by Devin Swerk of the Buckhead location. Hey, Devin, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Very good. And that Buckhead location, that's on Roswell Road, isn't it? Yes, we're right off Roswell Road. Very good. Well, happy to have you on. Welcome to the show. I think it's your first time. You're not nervous, are you? Don't be nervous. No, I'm not too nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. Well, you get a fun topic and quite frankly, one of my favorites. Hydrangeas, that's one of my favorite topics. And just fall. Hints of fall in the garden. Things to start thinking about. Color and vegetables and things that we can really be enjoying outside right now. So take it away. Fill us in on all the great stuff going on. Well, I'm sure you've seen popping up everywhere. The pumpkin spice is all over the place. <laughs> we and know. We see yeah. that, when Starbucks and Dunkin' all... Donuts have that, it's on, right? <laughs> yeah, it's on. That means fall's here. We right. can get a nice you know, chill in the air. Even this morning, it's a lot cooler. So it's a great time to get out in the yard and start planting some, some of the good stuff we've been getting in. Um, some of the things you can do are like mums, ornamental peppers, calabrocoa, um, just to freshen up your pots and give it a nice fall look. Um, all the colors of orange, gold, burgundy, they just really scream fall. So marigolds, you know, a lot of us may have planted those in our summer vegetable gardens because they help with the pollinators. But do you have any good advice for rejuvenating, you know, some of these summer annuals that are starting to look a little peaked right now, like to kind of bring yeah. them back to life? I mean, I would go through any of the things that are really tired you could pull out, um, pop in some new, you know, if you have marigolds that look good, just give them a little bit of like a bloom booster. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the Dr. Earth flower and uh, bloom booster, and that'll be great just to give them a little bit of, you know, energy. This cooler weather is going to really give them a break, too. 
Yes, yeah. And Cal, you mentioned calabrachoa, and correct me if I'm wrong, those are almost, those are great in hanging baskets, and it's like little mini petunias almost, right? Yes, exactly. Oh, and they're, I mean, yeah. they're great for hanging baskets, but they're great for, you know, a trailer in your fall pots because they're going to give you some flowers, you know, and they come in lots of colors. I mean, yellow, white, purple, anything you can imagine. So yeah. they're great. And then those you just deadhead for continuous blooms once you've got them. And how late into the fall should we expect to see color out of those? I mean, until the until the first frost, they'll be good to go. So and then, you know, they're just a nice break between all your summer stuff till pansies and everything are ready to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're getting close to pansy time, but not quite yet. Right. Not quite yet. And I then know. we did just get well, we did just get a bunch of mums in this week and the best um, the best way to pick out a mom is going to be when they're starting to cr- just start to open. You don't want to pick out the ones that are fully open because they won't last as long. Mm-hmm. So and, when, we, uh, when we check them out in the nursery, we're looking for all of those buds that are set, but not a lot of flowers yet. Those are going to yeah, be Yeah, you just want to start seeing either like the yellow or the orange through it. Because if you pick one out like that, it'll last for three or four weeks in, you know, part sun. Good. And I and I know we'll definitely be talking to you guys in a few weeks because you pair pansies with pumpkins. Usually those are some of the oh, two yeah. things that we can get together. So still a little early for that. But talk to me, too, about ornamental peppers. I didn't realize those were so colorful. They yes, they are awesome. And they really scream fall because they've got the little they've got little tiny peppers on them. They come in lots of colors. Um, they're going to have red peppers on them, yellow pepper, orange, and some even have dark purple peppers. Wow. Okay. And so what are conditions ideally for most of these plants that we've talked about, whether it was the calabrachoa, marigolds, uh, mums, I know, are kind of finicky, at least with me, about how much sun they get and the ornamental peppers. What are we looking for the ideal place to plant those? Partial to full sun. Um, all of them are going to do well in. So. Very good. And, and the I- mums. Oh, the mums, the less sun that they're in, the longer the blooms are going to last. If you put the mum out in full sun, it'll open up faster. But if you can find a spot that it's got part sun, it will um, last you closer to that month long. That's good advice. And I miss y'all's classes. I know we're not able to do those right now because of coronavirus and all of that. But generally, there's a, a fall class, and there's something on the website for it for those who are curious. When you do... Um, container planting and the thrillers fillers and spillers and fall is a great time to be thinking about that something so colorful and just to keep everything spruced up yeah it's a great time they just freshen everything give it a nice you know rejuvenation for the fall to get out and enjoy the cooler temperatures yes and uh, mention one more time Devin if you will to that Dr. Earth product that you were recommending for like marigolds and other things it'll be the annual bloom booster okay Perfect. All right. Well, how can we find the nearest Pike location if we are new to Metro Atlanta or maybe we came here from North Carolina and we knew some stores up there, but now in the Metro Atlanta area, how can folks find more? You can go to our website at pikenursery.com and uh, you can find a link to find the garden center closest to you. And also check us out on Instagram and Facebook for gardening inspiration and timely gardening tips since we're not able to do all of our classes that we normally do. Yeah, that way Pike is still able to show you all of the color and the plants that you may know the plant, but you don't quite know the name. So you'll find that on their social media. And are you working at the Buckhead location today? Yep, I'll be here till 
4 or 5 o'clock. All right. So, guys, go look for Devin. Don't bombard him, though, but just quietly <laughs> go up with a piece of paper and a pen and say, when you're not busy, can I get your autograph, Devin? Because I heard you on the radio this morning. Anytime. <laughs> I'll be happy to help anyone out. Well, good to hear from you. I hope to have you back. Have a great weekend, Devin. You too. Thank you. Thank you so much. Always love catching up with Pike Nursery and seeing what they're up to to make your landscape pop just a little bit and make it a happier place. 404-872-0750. Want to talk to Randy and Griffin. You've been so patient. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. How can we help you today? So I've got this building that we're renovating, and and it has hundreds of roots that are coming up uh, from around the perimeter of the building through the asphalt oh. and near the concrete. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, these things are anywhere from a quarter inch to maybe three, four inches in diameter. And uh, they've got the offshoots that are growing out of them constantly. So I feel like I'm, you know, I'm having to weed eat like every few days. Um, I would, and I've got down on my hands and knees and hand sawed uh, these things to the level of the pavement for the ones that are coming through the pavement. But I just need to kill these things. So they're more suckers coming up from the roots, right? Uh, yes. Okay. There's there's a couple of things we can do. Mowing them down, cutting them down, I know, is, is just so repetitive. Um, Bonide has a product called Sucker Punch, and I found that to be very effective on suckers. Um, sucker Punch. And there's also something called Sucker Stopper. Uh, if you're not able to track down the Bonide product, but that's probably going to be easier for you to find is the Sucker Punch and proper application of that. Obviously, when there's no threat for rain and everything's pretty dry and also something that may work, but this is non-selective, Randy. So you want to be careful where you use this. But if you're just around the asphalt and the pavement and all that, Ortho makes a product called Ground Clear and it's a weed and grass killer. It's going to kill any undesirable anything you want in that area and it starts working within half an hour of when you apply it so that's going to have some effectiveness on um suckers as well but not really do a whole lot of damage to those larger roots so ortho ground clear is another one okay so you said uh sucker punch and what was the other one a sucker stopper i can't remember who makes those yeah but they're they're both very similar products bonide makes the sucker punch and then ortho ground clear i think it's in a white uh a white larger spray container with a black label the ortho is that is fantastic so that will help me from feeling like i'm uh, living the movie groundhog day i know really beating your head against a wall like i just took some of these out two days ago and they're back right it's like you have better things to do with your time yeah so try those and i'd love to hear back from you though because um I mean, I've recommended the ground clear for, you know, weed and grass, just if someone's starting from scratch trying to clear out a big area. But I want to know, concentrated, focused, if you use that, how it works on, on suckers. It, it should work great, but I just would love to hear back and, and let me know that the recommendations worked for you. Well, so I've heard that you can put vinegar on the roots themselves and that will, like, kill them. And uh, are you familiar with that or have you heard of that? I've heard of that. Um, there's, I, I can't remember the active ingredient in vinegar. I know it, but it escapes me right now. But there's there's problems doing that because folks don't use it at the right concentration. It can burn leaves. It's also pretty um, harmful to a lot of insects as well. Um, so vinegar would seem to be the cheapest and most natural organic solution but just doing a little research online and knowing that you're using it at the right concentration. Um, I have heard that, though, but it just has a little, a few more undesirable effects on some of the, the bugs and insects that we want to keep. 
Okay, well, I'm going to try this stuff, and I will definitely let you know how it works. I love it. Thanks, Randy. And like I said, you better use of your time. You go do something fun instead of going after those suckers all the time. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Have a good weekend. Thank you. 404-872-0750. Sharon or Sharon in Jonesboro? Hey, how you doing? Good. How's it going, man? Pretty good, pretty good. Got a quick question for you. Oh. My lawn. Uh-huh. I have these things, this infestation of what is called spittle bugs, mm. like like spit. Yeah, spittle so it's bugs. a little white, little white ball of what looks to be spit in the grass blades, right? Yes. So you properly bug, diagnosed yeah. it. Good. Yeah. So I, I can't. I don't. I don't know how to get rid of them. I mean, is there anything I could use use to get rid of these things and keep them from coming back every year after year and destroying parts of my lawn? So culturally, they're they're most often found in centipede lawns. Is that what you have? I have uh, St. Augustine. Okay, St. Augustine. Okay, so for either one of those, especially St. Augustine and for centipede, proper mowing height is just the, one of the best cultural practices to keep them at bay. So to mow that mow the grass down to no higher than an inch and a half. So every time you mow, that blade's got to be set real low. You want to keep it mowed to no higher than an inch and a half. So just keeping the lawn low and letting the sun in there and avoiding too much irrigation, right? These these guys like the moisture and the dew that stays in the lawn. So that yeah. mowing it low is twofold. But if you choose to use an insecticide, uh, a, yes. that's late in the day uh, when the nymphs are higher on the plants. So we have the whole life cycle of the bug, which I don't have time to get into. But mid-May is the best time to do this when you get to that nymph stage and when the bug is, is at that point. Mid-May is a good time for those insecticides. And then following uh -huh. up with another application, maybe like August. So right about now, you could probably, it's not too late for that second application. Um, I don't know how effective it's going to be, though, where they are in the life cycle. But since we're so late in the season, I would start with those cultural practices and then get ahead of it in mid-May with the insecticides to make sure that they just don't even have a chance to form. Okay, okay. Because I was figuring that uh, some of the cultural practices, like not like you just said, not watering too uh too much yep. in uh, allowing the sun to get in there and let it dry out between watering, you know, a little more often. Yeah, and that's uh, one mistake we make. I know you pay a lot of attention and a lot of money for a good St. Augustine lawn, and the same goes for centipede. And so one mistake we make is overwatering. We're just so anxious to keep it alive, and, you know, we overwater. But really no lawn needs any more than an inch per week. So you got to either have a rain gauge or just have a good idea of keeping track of when it rains how often you've watered and all of that, but not only for insect control, but also just for disease and fungus and all of those things that occur. We really start to see those problems more and more when we do more than an inch of water per week in our lawn. So, Sharon, I commend you. You properly identified it, man. You're well on your way. If you ever have any other concerns about St. Augustine, I'm here to help. I'm really glad you called. Stay in touch. 404 We're going to take a break, and we'll be back with some final thoughts here on WSB. Leanne Womack, 
It's like you try me, Jason, and I know. <laughs> I know most of the country music artists. Great music today. Thanks to Jason for running the board and doing the show so efficiently, and DeMarco for answering all of your calls. Sorry about the ones I didn't have a chance to get to. I still have a little bit of time, so you all hang on. 404-872-0750, toggling back and forth between different things on the computer here. About nine tabs open on my computer, and one of those is WSBRadio.com, where I'm looking at the forecast from Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz. This is brought to you by Finley Roofing, so you know how to plan your holiday weekend. It's going to be nice today, fair conditions, high around 90, though, so wear the sunscreen if you're on the lake or out in the yard, low around 68. High humidity, though, less humid tomorrow, highs dropping down into the mid-80s, and that's the same, partly cloudy to mostly sunny for tomorrow and Monday. So really no chance of rain in your Labor Day forecast. I love that. 404-872-0750. That's the number that if you call now, you'll probably get through to Dave Baker. So sorry. He'll be nice from 9 to noon in the Home Fix-It show. But Martin and Marietta, you got in on time. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So how can I help you really quickly? What you got? Uh, I have zinnias that I love to plant every year. And every year I get this fungus or something happens to the leaves. They have all those gray spots on them, holes sometimes in the leaves. I mean, it, the leaves just look terrible. Yeah, so and it sounds like it is. powdery mildew. So powdery mildew is really common on zinnias, crepe myrtles, so many things that powdery mildew shows up on. It's pretty common in the summertime, so not to worry. It just begins when we have cool nighttime temperatures so those are dropping into the sixth season humid days where they just don't dry out martin so in that case you can use organic controls and some horticultural oils to control that or if you just want to go for a quick and easy spray something like a bonide infuse bonide makes a product infuse and that's going to actually be just a good thing for you to have a disease control that can do things other than powdery mildew it's good to have on hand for black spot dollar spot things like that but okay. a control like that and you're, you yeah you definitely want to enjoy the zinnias from now for another month or two so get something like bonite infused and just spray it you know as as uh, indicated on the label and okay. you'll get right to that powdery mildew unfortunately you know nothing we can really take a good control on just because the environmental conditions are so right for it but that'll get you on your way Okay, very good. I'm glad. Enjoy my flowers. Yes. Oh, I know. And the zinnias, too, I'm telling you. You let those flower heads dry out and pluck the petals, and you'll get the seeds for them, and you'll be able to plant even more next year and just not have to spend the money of buying the plants. You'll actually see them from start to finish, starting them from seeds. So Ed and Athens, Mark and Duluth, hit me up on the Facebook page, Green and Growing WSB. I want to hear your questions. Uh, Mark wanted to know, are there lawn rules for cutting grass? Yes, I've got some great advice from Clint Waltz, uh, a turf specialist from the University of Georgia. GeorgiaTurf.com, a wonderful resource for all of us, but they've got wonderful tips and just best practices for lawn maintenance there. And Ed in Athens, red oak leaves are browning. Can it be saved? I hope so. We need to know a little bit more about what's going on. So I'd love to hear from you throughout the week. Yeah, I'm doing traffic. I'm here. I'm here tomorrow hosting a doctor's show. Who knew? But I always have a chance to interact with you and learn a little something as I answer your questions on the Facebook page. So I'll be hearing from you there. And follow me on Twitter, too, at Ashley Frasca WSB. I'm going to start doing a little more 
garden stuff on the uh, Twitter page, not just traffic. But please drive safe this weekend. Get yourself and your family to and from very safely. Don't be in a hurry. Just enjoy the leisurely Labor Day weekend. It's for you and all of the hard work you all do. So thanks for being a part of the show today. Have a happy Labor Day weekend. I'll be on tomorrow at 3 p.m. if you're hanging around WSB. Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details.